Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks, share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. In five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome everyone to this episode of the real leaders podcast i'm your host kevin edwards and joining me today folks we have the founder and ceo of xg please give a warm welcome to mr zach burke zach nice to be with us today thanks for having me kevin of course of course so zach you know we, we were talking before the show about uh trying to get into surfing right trying to get into surfing you're you're now a free swimmer and one of the things you mentioned is you know being a, a consular right? Learning a, a new thing in a new age, a new time in your life. I want you to tell our audience and bring our audience into kind of where you began, how you fell in to exegy. So when I ask you that question, how did you fall into entrepreneurship? What resonates with you? Mm -hmm. Great question. I really appreciate the lead in too about um, always being learning. I think that's something that I'm relearning at this stage in my life that I can learn new things. And it's such a great feeling to be learning new things. Again, I feel like I took a hiatus from that for a period of time in my life. And um, I'm just so grateful for the space and um, for the energy to be able to pick up new things and feel like um, I can have second and third and fourth acts um, in this life. Um, so Thanks for the lead in and thanks for the question. Um, I think falling in is like a really apt description for my experience with exegy in particular. How did I fall into exegy? As far as falling into entrepreneurship, I mean, I feel like 
that's sort of just something I've always done. I've always been the kind of person who just wanted to start things, you know, like, um, and wanted to create, um, and also didn't really want to have a boss. Um, and so entrepreneurship really worked for me. Um, and, um, you know, exegy in a way I did kind of just fall into it. Um, in that I really was just looking to find something that fulfilled me. Um, it was really, it was a selfish impulse. Um, and, and I think in, in retrospect, it was wise selfishness, but it, it was selfishness. It was that I wanted to find a way to use what I was good at in a way that served the world. And I wanted that to be how I, um, I made a, a a living because I knew I was going to be spending a lot of time doing my work and I didn't want to do work that made me feel bad. And so I wanted to find work that made me feel good. And that was selfish. And again, I think it was wise selfishness in retrospect. I don't think in my twenties when I started XG, I knew what that meant, but, um, but I'm really grateful for, um, for being able to have the space to, have found a place where I could use my skills, what I was really good at in a way that served the world. Um, and um, yeah, and I think I really, um, I was lucky to, um, I guess, come of age professionally in a time where the internet was really nascent. Um, and I saw that as an opportunity and a need, and it was an opportunity to serve and it was an opportunity to create both of which again, were things that I selfishly wanted. I selfishly wanted to serve. I selfishly wanted to create because they made me feel good. Um, and I saw the internet as an opportunity to do that. I think I naively felt like, oh, like everyone's going to be connected <laughs> this is going to be great. Of course, only good things are going to come of that. And I don't think I'm the only one who thought that. Um, and so, I, you know, and I wanted to find ways to bring that to life to say, look, you know, there's way now that this thing is coming out and people are plugging in, um, how can we use this to create social good? And even today, you know, after we've seen that the, the, the truth of some of that naivete um, and seeing things like, you know, hacked elections and destroyed democracies and, you know, who knows where AI is taking us. Um, even today, I still feel that optimism. I still feel like technology can be used in ways that can create profound social good. And so I fell into exegy wanting to find ways to, to bring that to life, to, to manifest that, um, that possibility in the world. Beautifully put, it's an interesting paradox while trying to serve others. Oftentimes, you're almost self serving yourself, it makes you feel better because you're serving oh, others. Sure. It's, it's really interesting sure. to think about. You know, I, I guess my question for you would now be uh, directed more toward the, the purpose and the growth of Exegy. Just in your experience, Zach, for people listening to this out there, they're growing their businesses, probably relate to a lot of the things that you're going through. Um, looking back, like what have been some of the 
key factors of your growth um, to, to take your business from A to B? So I, th I think you're asking why have we been successful with our business model? Is that right? Yeah. What are the key factors to you and your experience that have led to growth? That led to growth. Well, people need what we provide. Organizations need what we provide. And we're continually pivoting to try and make sure that we are offering the highest value to organizations. And what I mean by that is that when we started out, um, it was super high value to help small nonprofits build a website. Cause like that was hard, you know, there's only like a few people who could do that. And so there was really high value in getting organizations online. If we still just did that, we'd be out of business in our space. Tech moves fast. And the thing that was really high value four years ago is commoditized today. And so it's really important for us as a professional services organization to always be expanding and reaching with our offerings. So what I mean by that is that when we started out, we were, we were really, and we were really just an engineering firm. That's what I did. I was a software engineer. I wrote code for 25 years. And so that's what I knew how to do. I could bring software engineering to nonprofits, progressive political organizations, to governments delivering social services, um, but quickly saw that they needed more than that. They needed, they didn't need to just tell us, hey, we think we need like a program. They needed a partner to help them design a solution. They needed a partner to help them understand how digital could be infrastructure that empowers the delivery of their service more efficiently and effectively. And so we had to, because the market was requiring us to, we had to build a design team. We had to build capacity to do human-centered design, design research, user testing. We had to build a product management team. We had to build the ability for our customers to get the word out about the things that we were building together and build services as you know, marketing services for our customers so that when we were creating things together, folks could find them. And today we're continuing to reach. How can we bring skills like machine learning? How can we bring skills like content strategy? We know that our, our the organizations we're, we're working with need these services. And so we're continuing to build those additional services alongside our core original service offering, engineering design. And that allows us to um, be able to offer the highest value suite of services that our customers need today, while we're also keeping our ear to the ground and thinking about what do they need tomorrow and how can we practice that so that when we get to tomorrow, we have those skills and we can offer them. Interesting. And Zach, just out of curiosity, like how involved are you currently in the day-to-day -day operations and the involvement of um, this business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, th thanks for that question. And it's one that's like really top of mind for me today and kind of top of mind for me always. I think my strategy over the last 10 years has been to get out of the way. 
Um, and the reason for that is that as a myself as a founder, and I don't know if this is true of all founders, but for myself as a founder, it was really valuable for me to be kind of a, a jack of all trades. But while I was a jack of all trades, I was a master of none. I'm, I have a broad skill set that's very shallow. So I can like do a bunch of things, but most of them don't get done at the highest quality if I do. And so by getting out of the way of more and more of the activities of the organization, I'm able to put individuals in place who have a much deeper skill set than me in the activities that I'm asking them to do. And so, for example, like I haven't written code in years and years. And if anyone sees me writing code on their project, they should like my hair on fire because that's a problem. Um, we should have our engineers who are so great or like, sure, I could get in and like program something, I guess, but um, that is not a good, I'm not the expert in doing that. And so I'm continuing today to continue to try and get out of the way. But because we continue to grow, there's still plenty for me to do at the strategic level, at the management level. And so in the day-to-day -day operations of the business, a lot of what I'm doing is setting vision for the company, managing um, senior leaders, um, helping us to think about the future, um, and uh, rallying the team, getting everyone excited about the direction we're going in, um, and helping us to do big new strategic things. So for example, we have a number of products that we've launched for our core business models, professional services, but we've launched a couple of products lately. We have an affordable housing web portal helps folks find and apply to affordable housing. We've been funded by a film, a philanthropy to help them scale a benefits system that helps governments to allow folks to find and apply to benefits really easily. Um, those are at the edge of our business right now. So I'm really involved in the strategy of growing those things. But more and more, I'm trying to get out of the way, slot leaders in place who are better at that than I, and so that I can move on to the next piece. That's it's really helpful and really interesting to learn like what other leaders' experience has been like with that, with growth, with detaching, with empowering others to, to really get out of the way or unclog the system. Zach, I guess my question for you would be more along the lines of like in such a competitive pool in Silicon Valley, how do you stand apart to get the right people? on your staff to, to grow the company? What's, what's worked for you? Mm. Yeah, thanks for asking that. I think it's the most important thing we do as an organization. We're a human capital business. The asset, the main asset that we have is our staff. And, and organizations hire us because we have the smartest, most effective, great to work with humans on our team. If we don't, then we're gone because no one's going to hire us. Um, and um, we have an incredible unfair advantage in terms of recruiting highly talented people. And that unfair advantage is we have meaningful work. Folks are looking for meaning in their work. Just like I said, I started Exigy because I selfishly wanted to be fulfilled by the work I was doing. That is not unique to me. That is something that every human feels. And so we can offer that. We can offer work that our team is excited about getting up and doing in the morning. And because of that, we are really lucky to be able to 
when we post the job, get a lot of job applications from incredible people that can easily go work at some of the top companies in the world, but come and work at Exigy because they want to use their skills to create progressive social change, to make the world a better place, to improve their local governments, to help their neighbors get benefits. They want to do the work we're doing. And so we are able to recruit, attract amazing people. We're able to, we have an incredible um, selection process that I think really helps us to um, let the very best service to the top. And um, because of that, I feel just really lucky to have an incredible team, really high retention um, and a great culture. Um, and it's, you know, again, all thanks to the fact that we can recruit amazing people. Well, it appears like you're not just growing just to grow and make more money. It appears that you're growing to have a larger impact uh, in the world. And, and that's certainly, you know, a, a, an offering um, that I could see attract a lot of like-minded individuals on your staff. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure getting your perspective on things today. Now, in all of this, what is your definition of a real leader? That's a great question. Thanks, Kevin. I, I, I guess I, um, I feel some uh, self-consciousness being asked to answer it because I, um, I feel like there's like an implication that like I'm the authority in answering that because I'm a real leader, but like I'm still myself working on becoming a good leader. Um, and so I think you know, hopefully that's part of the answer. Right, like folks who have the self awareness to say, I got a lot of room for growth, you know, um, and I'm working on it. And I think um, so. I do. I have a lot of room for growth, and I'm working on it. Um, but you know, there's some things that I've learned that I think are important to good leadership: um, showing up authentically, um, showing up vulnerably, admitting mistakes when you make them, admitting when you where's the edge of your knowledge. Um, Admitting when you don't know something, um, knowing the people you work with as real humans, um, being transparent when you're making decisions. And by transparent, I mean like, you know, as a leader, you're asked to make tough decisions. And often there's not a right answer. And sometimes I think leaders can tend to like feel like they have to just, they have to position themselves to be like, this is right. And I know it's right. And let's go. And I think that the a better way to lead is to say, this is the information we've got. We're making the best decision we can. Here's a transparent set of information that shows you here's how we made the decision we made. This is the best decision we can make together. Let's go. Um, and I think that for me has helped that transparency um, has helped um, inspire the team to get behind the decisions that we make, even when we're not governing through consensus, even when it's not um, necessarily the decision that everyone on the team would have made, at least they feel like they understand why the decision was made and they understand like leadership is is um, is not keeping anything from them. Well said. For Zach Burke, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, pursue authenticity, and always keep it real. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for having me, Kevin.
Hey, Relators, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Relators.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.